1: And so imagine this this week, I'm just gonna list a few things like a flat tire, a painful breakup, or a loss of job, maybe things aren't going well for you right now, but what if you knew with certainty that the biggest obstacles in your life occurred only to push you toward your soul's true potential? The invitation is to shift your perspective out of the pitfalls of ego and into the perfection of our soul's true potential. Our guest today says this occurs through the process of opening our hearts. Instead of viewing life as a threat of loss or afraid of the changes coming your way, each and every perceivable enemy should be embraced as an ally of evolutionary benefit and can only change you for the better. Sound interesting? I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Matt Kahn is the author of the best-selling book, Whatever Arises, Love That. He's a spiritual teacher and highly attuned empathic healer who has become a YouTube sensation with his healing and often humorous videos. His 10 million True Divine Nature YouTube channel viewers are finding the support they seek to feel more loved, awakened, and opened to the greatest possibilities in life through the invitation to join the love revolution that begins with you. Welcome back, Matt.
0: Well, thanks for having me. It's truly an honor to be here.
1: Oh, thank you. I um, really appreciated the first time you were here. We had a delightful conversation and I know m- much has changed in your life since then. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation. And, you know, I have a first traditional question on this show as well. And I trust that that may have evolved over the months since you've been here. So I'm going to ask you again, (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what does all things connected mean to you today?
0: All things connected to me, if I really tune into that question or that statement is, is a statement of alignment that our minds, that our bodies, that our hearts and our souls are operating in the light of our highest consciousness, which means we are utilizing all these aspects of self to care for ourselves as reflections of our highest core spiritual values. And we are allowing each and every opportunity in our life to be, to be a chance to really express into this world, the light and the truth and the consciousness. That is awakening an entire planet. So really all things connected to me means with every breath I take, with every step I make, with every decision I choose, and with every response, may I choose from a space of love for the well-being of all.
1: Mm. Thank you. That was beautiful right there. Poetry, right there, beautiful. You, your response reminded me of a brief conversation you had about unity consciousness. I'd love for you to just expand on that for a minute of 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 how you view unity consciousness, and and I really appreciate this for the good of all. Peace. That's um, so important when we start talking about um, moving into everything is here to help you.
0: Absolutely. Well, in regards to unity consciousness, you know, there's so many different ways we can approach that subject matter. But if we kind of link it into for the well-being of all, for everyone who's listening right now, could you imagine if you found yourself suddenly inspired to put healthy ingredients in your body simply because by putting healthy ingredients in your body, you raise the likelihood that other people will make healthier decisions within their bodies? Could you imagine the implications of, may I speak to my family with greater kindness so that all of those around me can be kinder to their families? Could we imagine the implications of, may I be even more gentle and patient with myself so that I can create more gentleness and patience in the world around me? that we think about unity consciousness it is awakening to the realization that in the most positive and inspiring way the conduct of our most empowering choices are actually increasing the likelihood that other people around us that we're interconnected to will have a greater opportunity to resonate with those choices and as we are all passing along the inspiration of greater choices we are energetically manifesting heaven on earth one inspired choice at a time.
1: Mm. Thank you Matt. I um just again it's I love listening to your voice. You have this <laughs> tone and this beautiful um yeah, attunement that is so just yummy vibrationally. So I you can lull me to sleep even with your voice. It's so <laughs> it's so comforting. So thank, thank you for you. that. So we're talking about raising our vibration and just making this inspired choice, one person at a time, taking responsibility. And then the book talks about life not going so well. So let's just jump into that too. I'm yeah. sitting here. I don't I don't think I mentioned in the intro, you're, you have a new book out, um, brand spanking new. Everything is here to help you. A Loving Guide to Your Soul's Evolution. And in it, we talk about everything is here to help you. And so, you know, it seems like things happen all the time. Like I said, a flat tire, a lost job, ended relationship. There's so much going on in the world. If we turn on our TVs or open our newspapers, we're hearing not so good news how is all of this here to help us
0: in this book everything is here to help you one of one key point that happens to be one of my favorite points in the book of many is i talk about a cosmic law that i'm not sure gets discussed widely um whether on the spiritual journey or in everyday life and there's literally a cosmic law that says everything changes but it can only change you for the better. So it literally is a cosmic law. And whether we have the awareness of angels and spirit guides around us, or have just heard about that, we literally have teams of angels that walk with each of us. And the only energies and creations and outcomes that can actually penetrate our energy field and enter our reality are only the outcomes the interactions, the encounters and orchestrations, that even though it's going to facilitate change in your life that may be unexpected, frustrating, sometimes seem intolerable and insufferable, while everything changes, it is a cosmic law that can only change you for the better. And it's so common in the evolutionary process, for if the ego is still remaining active, the ego likes to stop in a moment of time press pause on life's movie and make a judgment about the terms and conditions of your life and determine whether life is working for you or against you. But on the soul's journey, we don't pause to make a judgment. We simply play out every scene knowing that everything that comes to us could only be a catalyst for our highest evolutionary benefit. And even if it triggers loss, abandonment, sadness or even loneliness can we take the time to surrender into the acceptance that life is only bringing up within us whatever core wounds need to be healed for as they're resolved it make space to welcome into life the arrival of our highest destiny so yes it's true that everything changes but if we just watch the movie play out we will see that it can only change us for the better
1: Mm, thank you. well, you you presenced a few words that I think are really important here because I know some may be listening saying, "Yeah, right. I remember <laughs> when you know, that parent lost their child and they were broken forever. they 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 never got better, or um, you know, they suffered the abuse and and led a really lifeless, poor existence or the suffering part. But you presenced the word ego. And soul. Mm -hmm. So let's clarify that because I think that's a a really big part of this conversation. And really, the ability to assimilate what we're talking about here starts with understanding the role of ego and soul.
0: Absolutely. So, a lot of times it's common to think of the ego and soul as two separate things, and I think that's probably the biggest, you know, the first misunderstanding is they are two different aspects of the same thing, but they're not two separate things. Uh, In the same way, a child is an adult in training. The ego is the soul in its most dormant stages of incubation. And even though the child is destined to become an adult, it is the choices the child makes that determines the quality of an adult That they become years later so it's not like a child can just sit back and make no choices and they're going to be exactly who they're meant to become there's a trajectory where a child will physically grow into an adult body but the mentality the maturity the skill set that allows that child to become an adult at whatever varying level of success is due to the choices and decisions made from childhood to adulthood and throughout. And also in the same way, as the ego is unraveled through spiritual evolution and merges into the light of the soul, it is the choices we make in our consciousness to embody our highest wisdom, to learn from our greatest mistakes, and to turn each tragedy into a moment of spiritual triumph that allows us to make the crucial decisions that merges our free will with the predestined reality that awaits our arrival. There are things outcome-wise that are going to occur for all of us, but the quality of our experience, the quality of our journey, and the type of life story that we're weaving together really occurs throughout each choice. So we're evolving from ego consciousness into the embodied perfection of the soul, and it is the choices we make that determines The depth of our journey and of course this is why i wrote the book everything is here to help you to give everyone a step-by-step guiding process so we can undertake this journey of awakening the soul but to do it from the soul's perspective which is always the most loving way
1: I agree. And you talk a lot about the soul's ways being this heart centered actions and choices. And so, where do we begin then on this journey if we're really looking at this from the soul's perspective? And I love how you describe the embodied presence of, of that source energy as yeah. soul. That is just so beautiful. So, where might our listeners begin if they haven't read this book? Tell us a little bit about this journey of, of moving from, and it is step by step. You do a really good job, Matt. Can, <laughs> Thank you, you. can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course.
0: And just in this moment, I'm just bringing through whatever, I, whatever uh, the universe wants me to say. But the, the, perhaps the first step is this. And, and here's what's interesting to know about the first step. Anytime you're about to take a step out of ego and into the soul, any one step that is provided to you always feels like sometimes too big of a leap. So so the funny thing is sometimes people will say, well, can you break that down into a smaller first step? When you are leaping into soul consciousness, to the ego, it only seems like a big leap because the ego actually doesn't make the leap on the other side, right? The ego leaps and what makes it to the other side is the arrival of the soul. But a first step that is an entry point into this soul's evolution is simply opening up to the possibility. And you can, we can frame it as a what if to make it nice and, you know, non-threatening to the ego. So let's just frame it as what if, what if we only gain and we only lose in any given moment, because that's the very outcome that inspires our deepest spiritual evolution. So we don't gain because we're good enough. We don't lose because we're not good enough. We don't gain because we're worthy. We don't lose because we're unworthy. We are only gaining and losing because it's those specific outcomes that trigger within us the very evolutionary process we're going through. So if we need to lose as a way of inspiring our deepest healing then that's the outcome that will play out. If winning is going to catapult us to the next highest level of vibrational alignment, then that's the outcome that's going to happen. So what if winning and losing is not determined by your will or a measurement of your worth, but is simply a determination of what specific outcome is going to move you along to the next stage of your journey?
1: Mm. Matt, when I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm thinking about um, really this education, this a new awareness of holding ego and soul in, in this continuum that we have without, you know, so many spiritual teachers have said, die to the ego and let it go. And, you know, yes. we, we create separation. But as we're holding both, we can understand so differently than before. I think people really have had an illusion about ego as well, that it's this bad thing that, that, you know, we, we compare, we contrast and we, you know, we, we create all this, this drama with our illusion of separation. But when we hold it, it really is about awareness, isn't it?
0: I would totally agree, especially because we don't get rid of the ego. We integrate the ego. And so just like if we look at the relationship between a parent and a child, the child births renewed purpose in the life of the parent, and the parent adores the child to keep it safe throughout its journey. So in the same way, the ego, as it integrates, finds renewed purpose in life by focusing on something bigger than its personal gains or losses, and is attracted to and seeking the light of merging with the the light of the soul. In the same way, it's the soul that, like a wise parent, loves and consoles the ego as it unravels its pain and hardship and heals and dissolves and merges back into the light. And because we are already the soul, simply unraveling the layers of ego that we've collected throughout our life, by the time we take to breathe with ourselves, to love our hearts, and to dispel or unravel separation in the most heart-centered way which is not trying to think ourselves into oneness but simply recognizing that we only seem separate from a source when the way we view and treat ourselves is that much different from how source sees and treats us so through this book everything is here to help you i am teaching you how to see and treat yourself the way the universe always has and always will and as you simply learn to treat yourself and see yourself as source does the illusion of separation dissolves and the emergence of oneness is dawned within
1: you Mm, thank you and when you when you're talking about this um this illusion it's really helpful to look at how we are embodied I I love all the different ways you talk about soul in the book. But this embodied presence, this embodied divine presence kind of helps us to really dissolve that illusion of separation. Can you speak more about the, the divinity and that embodiment piece?
0: Yeah, well, you said something that just triggered something really spontaneous in me. So it's this embodied soul not a disembodied soul. Mm. So what happens is, is we're not trying to get away from the body. We're not trying to get away from the world. In fact, what we realize is if we want to experience oneness, we have to live in the location where source or spirit lives. And what's interesting in the old spiritual paths that it's all about, let go of your ego, let it die, all these things, as if The death of the ego from that overly emasculated standpoint is going to bring us into communion with something beyond it. But in fact, spirit wants to be in form, in the world, and incarnated. So if we want to be where spirit is, we have to fully be ourselves as spiritually fueled human beings. So in the old way, it was surrender your human beingness and be spirit instead, What we're learning to do is actually bring that spiritual potential, bring that light into the body. And again, it's not about how much you've learned or read spiritually that makes you more evolved. It's how often throughout the day do you treat yourself and others the way spirit does. And whether other people are respecting your light or overlooking your spirit, the question becomes, can you honor the spirit and all as a way of moving your soul further into your body? That's the invitation that I offer throughout this book.
1: Yes. And what you just said there is, is one of the points that you, you make in this book is that the, and I I can't remember how exactly you say it, but it's the one source within all. And so it's like, even when we look at other people, And we're looking at ourselves and others as the source looks at us. We then, even as we're more embodied, are looking at the one source that's animating all life through us as us. There's more integration there, isn't there?
0: Absolutely. And just as a metaphor to maybe make it more understandable, imagine in your life a family that you know or you may be related to your own family but think of the many members of a family that you're closest to where there are people that you really resonate with that you love and you adore and maybe there are members of that family on the outskirts that maybe you don't know as well but whether they're the people that you prefer to spend the most amount of time with or just those peripheral family members that come and go or even someone you love in the family that happens to not be having a good day and isn't as loving and jovial as you prefer, you still respect them as a member of a family that you feel connected to. Now, what would happen if that family that you're connected to, that has a collection of people you totally love and people you don't really know, and even the people that you love have good and bad days, what if we expanded that family to be humanity and that our brothers and sisters are our neighbors, Are the people we think are the strangers we haven't met? What if we could step into this world where life is one eternal family? And while there are some people we're going to spend more time with than others, because of course we become the sum total of the, you know, the reflection of the people we spend the most amount of time with, can we learn to respect each and every person as a member of the one eternal soul family? And that's the respect we have for ourselves when we're living as the soul in physical form.
1: Mm. That's a good place to break. We are here with Matt Kahn. We're talking about everything is here to help you. A loving guide to your soul's evolution. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll explore more of what is this about our heart and Living Heart Centered, and how can that help us accept some of these life experiences we're talking about? We'll be right back. The Empower Meditation Channel. Nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at Empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving or call one 877 Three 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 five eight eight five to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one.
0: Are we there yet?
1: Remember, visit aarp.org/caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric. You know, girls who grow up with confidence are more likely to reach their full potential. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mom to my two daughters, Ellie and Carrie. I've worked hard to encourage my girls to see the world as a place of endless possibilities. They know that believing in themselves will give them the confidence they need to persevere. Research has shown that girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges, not only in their teenage years, but well beyond. So join me as we empower the next generation. Together, we can help today's girls achieve their dreams tomorrow. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. Hi, this is Josh Groban. My favorite thing about music is its ability to inspire and nourish the soul. That's why I'm proud to work with Feeding America, an organization that inspires hope for families in need and helps nourish the 16 million kids in this country struggling with hunger. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and helps get it to kids in need, but they can't do it alone. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: An entire station devoted to your personal development. Welcome to Empower Radio. Now back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com. Dot com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's the drjulieshow.com Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. And I'm here with Matt Kahn, author of the brand new book, Everything is Here to Help You. You can find more about Matt at mattcon.org. That's Matt mattkahn.org org and matt right before the break i um mentioned i'm really looking forward to presencing the heart and Mm. what the heart has to do with this and i have a quote about love here because you talk a lot about love and um your first your first book was all about loving everything that is as well and there's so much more here to this conversation and so here's a quote from a spiritual perspective Love isn't an emotion we feel all the time. Love is an unwavering depth of compassion and empathy that reaches inward to embrace our experiences, no matter how mixed up, shut down, unfulfilled or overwhelmed we tend to be. When rooted in the vibration of love, we don't have to be completely healed in order to bring forth the kindness and care that already dwells within. Ah, I love that comment. I love, I love how you teach about love. Here, I'm using the word, but Matt, talk some more about love, and and then you talk a lot in the book about developing this heart center. That that's the key to this whole practice is becoming heart centered.
0: Absolutely, and when you had say when you said heart centered, it's funny how on this interview, all these funny word plays are happening. But hmm. when you said heart centered what instantly dropped in was being heart-centered resolves us and frees us from being hard-centered. And so when we're in ego, our center is not a heart, it's hard. We are hardened, we are disinterested, we easily are frustrated, we are um, untrusting. And so this really shows us how much love from our earlier childhood we have yet to receive, which of course, the undertaking of that resolution is, may I be the one that learns to love and adore me the way other people haven't. And In the beginning, that can be a little challenging, but really what love is. Love is not a feeling we have to feel all the time, although that's a very popular way of looking at it. Love is different from fulfillment. Fulfillment is the end result of loving or being loved. But love itself is the willingness to give ourselves the attention and the comfort and the care that we desire. So love is the ability to care and fulfillment is what we feel as a result of caring or being cared for.
1: Nice. Nice. And so... It, you know I'm using this word love and if love isn't a feeling um, put it into perspective let's expand this idea of love because love really inspires us mm-hmm. that you know within the within our heart we we come alive we're activated there's there's so much more that comes and I'm using it as I, I love this I love that but mm. this power of love can can transform. And that's what you talk about.
0: Absolutely. So just to give a different context, although I love what you're saying about the, you know, the, I I love this, which is, you know, the, the excitement, the excitement of arousal, which is I resonate, but it it reminds me of something I, I learned as a kid that I didn't quite understand as deeply until I was an adult. But when I was a child. And I learned this mysteriously from a very early age. I don't know how it just dropped in, but what something that really, really became very clear to me. And it wasn't just something instilled in me by my parents. I learned from a very early age that what felt better in my body than constantly seeking other people's approval was going out of my way to be more polite to other people than they were being to me. And throughout my life, I just discovered this interesting thing that the more deliberately polite I was to others, and not from that passive-aggressive, I'm going to be polite and then wait for someone else to return the favor, but I literally learned spontaneously that when I am polite To others, and of course later I learned to be that way for myself, there is a level of joy and fulfillment that allows me to view other people, to see their hardships, and not to misunderstand the idea that people with all the things they have going on have added to their pressure having to fulfill me. So I found from a very early age that I became very fulfilled by being polite and honorable to myself and others. And when I did that, the impoliteness of others didn't sting as deeply. And I was able to see that it was other people's healing journeys that was keeping them from operating at the same level of consciousness I was at, which of course brought about empathy, compassion, and forgiveness. So if we think about love from a different perspective, love is the electric willingness, the electricity that comes alive within us through our willingness to be polite. Politeness is the ability to respect our soul or someone else's divinity, whether they are demonstrating it or it's hiding in the background. So if we dare to be polite, kind and considerate to ourselves and others, we wind up giving ourselves what we need instead of expecting other people to provide it. And in that we find salvation, emotional freedom, serenity, and all the wondrous attributes that confirms the soul has awakened within us.
1: Mm. Yeah, and see your language again. There's that comment of whether they're demonstrating their soul or it's hiding in the background again. Thank you. That's the unitive consciousness of saying it is there, whether we see it or not, and then brings us back to our own experience. I love that. And which reminds me of your golden question. And it's the premise of the book. Do you want to share what your golden question is?
0: Yeah, it's really funny because every time I do an interview and I'm asked about the golden question, I always say it differently because I always forget everything I write. But to (laughs) paraphrase, right, to paraphrase, I think what I said was the golden question is asking yourself, what if the worst things that ever happened to me were the greatest opportunities I've ever been given to grow and evolve? And so just to repeat that again, what if the worst things that I think ever happened to me are actually the greatest opportunities I've ever been given to grow and evolve. And again, a lot of people will say, well, those things happened in the past, so I guess I missed those opportunities. But even though we've survived the past, the opportunities to grow and evolve and put the pieces together and to unpackage the gifts of evolutionary benefit that all those past experiences have given to us are still remaining in present moment time. And of course, in this book, everything is here to help you. I step-by-step go through all the evolutionary gifts that might be shrouding in sadness or anger or jealousy. And to show us through the soul's perspective that every feeling and experience is literally a very specific message given to you from your soul to actually help you evolve at full capacity. So as we learn to decode life From the soul's language, through the language of love, compassion, and forgiveness, and acceptance, we find that every single moment is actually helping us to see life from a very grand perspective, just as soon as we open our hearts and let
1: life in. Great. Which, so again this wraps into this whole conversation of of self-love again and learning to really love ourselves and you write about four foundations of self-love can you speak about those
0: the four foundations of self-love i will try to remember this is this is this is (laughs) like i'm like on a game show the game show is okay now you wrote a book now remember what you wrote so this is the lightning round so i in the book i talk about the four foundations of self-love and um you know, in this moment, I can't remember what the four ones are, which I'm going to now reach out to Julie, say, Julie, help me with the four foundations. But I can say that in the book, these four foundations, I remember one is being well rested. And it's really about the four foundations of what you require as a spiritual being to really be the most balanced and harmonious. Are you taking the time to love yourself? Are you taking the time to compliment yourself? Are you getting the proper nutrition and rest that you need? Because oftentimes, a spiritual crisis is just to cry for greater balance. So instead of thinking that the forces of life are conspiring against us, instead of assuming that we must have been some evil character in a past life and we have this endless karma to pay back, Instead, what if the adversities of life are actually calling to your attention a need for greater balance? And we could simply learn through the language of the soul to step into choices of greater balance and harmony so that we can literally take the greatest care of ourselves so that this body can be preserved as our vessel of awakening heart centered consciousness.
1: Beautiful. And you write that the ego needs love. And if we're really going to love the ego into its expansive state of consciousness, it really needs love and care, just like our physical bodies do.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's the love we give to the ego that gives it the permission and courage to let go. I think it's a very misunderstood notion, especially when we think of some of the teachings like let it go. Let it go assumes That you are the one who lets it go, when in fact you are the one who is let go of. And the ego lets go of you once it has received all the love that it lacked from the past. And all the love that we give it, like a parent gives to a child, lets the ego find the courage and the strength to step into the unknown. To not see the unknown as a death, but to see the unknown as a miraculous rebirth. And as we love the ego, it lets go of us instead of we letting go of it. Because for you to let go of it is a moment of rejection. For the ego to let go of you is a moment of transcendence. And that occurs as you love the ego more, not less. And even if we say, well, I don't want to love the ego. That just means that the one that doesn't want to love is the next one for us to honor, so there's always a starting point when we lead with love
1: mm. and so speaking of that letting go uh, that is beautiful matt I've never heard that in that that way of looking at it is letting go of us, which is transcendence that is incredibly brilliant right there, and mm-hmm. so we you talk a lot about surrender and this, this speaks to the, the whole conversation of surrender as well. What can you teach us about surrender today?
0: What if what we are surrendering to, because the common understanding of surrender is, again, I'm letting go of something. I'm parting with something. And I think it has to do with our human conditioning, that one of the deepest tragedies in our human life is going through the loss of anything, right? The grief cycle based on loss. So we oftentimes have the greatest spiritual evolution as a result of loss. So then we kind of have this conditioned belief that says, what do I have to lose or let go of in order to gain something better? But we're not letting go. So surrender is not giving up something. It is actually giving in to the most expansive, heart-centered and optimistic viewpoints. Now, an optimistic viewpoint doesn't mean we see things so optimistically that we don't take conscious action. If we are in toxic relationships, we remove ourselves. If we are in abusive environments, we find new places to be. But an optimistic point of view says, what is happening has only been created to help me make me better than ever before, to sharpen all the attributes and the skills of my soul's reality. So instead of judging a moment or using it to judge ourselves, the question is, how is this moment giving me the chance to grow in evolution? If I'm I'm in a relationship that seems one-sided and unfair, maybe I manifested this relationship for the exciting adventure of stepping beyond it and reclaiming my power. Maybe when I'm in a situation where I feel all this pressure coming from all sides, Maybe I'm defining myself from the expectations of the world and not finding it within myself. There's always a starting point when we take on the soul's viewpoint, which is always the most optimistic perspective. And it doesn't mean we're anyone's punching bag. It doesn't mean we're an emotional doormat for the world. It simply means I am open to seeing the gift and benefit that allows me to change for the better. Where I don't have to believe I have to keep losing in order to gain. Instead, I simply embrace the perspectives that allow me to see life is working for me instead of against me. And that's one of the many points I make and everything is here to help you.
1: Mm-hmm. Everything is here to help you. Okay, here's a big one. Are you ready, Matt? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, this is a really big one. Okay, there's so much turmoil on our planet Old systems and structures that were really designed and built in that stage of our ego development are breaking down for this new um, soul-centered awareness that we are beings, right? So everything's breaking around, crumbling around us. There's so much fear, anxiety. What would you say to our listeners right now in response to this global turmoil? And how is that here to help us?
0: So let's imagine the global consciousness in turmoil. Let's think of it like a baby. Again, because I'm, you know, just, <laughs> I always take things in a very heart-centered way. But let's think of it like a baby. Now, a baby when it's fast asleep is in dreamland. And it's in its dreams and it's feeling very calm. And then it goes from its dreamland to waking state. Now, for, for people out there that are parents or for those of us who have been children, we know that the jarring transition out of dreamland and into waking state for a little baby, that difference creates oftentimes crying and the crying is the nervous system saying, I thought I was in one reality and I'm now coming back to a different reality and that, you know, that trip is quite quick. So if we think about the turmoil of the world like a baby, the world has been operating in a dream-like state of unconsciousness. And now the divine parents of this earthly child are saying, beloved one, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And the child says, oh, no, can I just have five more minutes? And through evolution that child has been given five more minutes many times and the beautiful parent says, I'm sorry, we cannot give you any more time. You must wake up now. And so the difference from coming out of that dreamlike illusion and into reality, the difference is causing the earthly child to cry as it adjusts to a new reality. So what we're seeing in reality is the adjustment to coming into heart-centered consciousness. The adjustment to I thought I was in reality and that was actually a very distorted dream and now I'm adjusting to a new way of operating by being rooted in my heart instead of lost in my mind. So we're just seeing this adjustment period and of course the adjustment period globally takes on sometimes very catastrophic um precedences, but we're literally as heart-centered beings, anchors of a new reality, loving ourselves because the more we love ourselves, the more the hearts of all are consoled. So we love ourselves so as a loving parent to help this child wake up and enter this new reality, but in the most gentle and loving way as possible.
1: Mm. Matt, you said something that I'm in the same place you are when when you're talking, things are firing off in this really cool way, but I've not heard you say this. And so you talked about being anchored in our hearts instead of lost in our minds. Yes. Let's talk about the role of the mind. And it, it's the thinking mind um, is a, a real important piece here. And I loved, I love that dream state. I loved how you said that about a child and waking. Let's talk about the role of the mind.
0: Well, yes, the the mind is the interpreter of whatever level of consciousness we are operating in. So it's not the mind's fault that judgment occurs. The mind is simply interpreting the vibration that someone is perceiving from. So the mind is a brilliant tool. It can, it can bring to us greater, you know, greater moments of inspiration. It can help us problem solve. Um, the mind is a very necessary tool, of course, just like the ego in the old spiritual paradigm became you know, one of the most wanted criminals in the spiritual path. Then next to the ego on the criminal poster, we have the mind. And that got, that's the next thing that people started to really bash is, oh, it's the it's a human mind. But, you know, let's be honest, without a mind, life would, would not be better. It's more of the fact that the mind's job is to reflect to you the level of consciousness that you're at. And when your mind is saying beautiful things, bringing you inspired thoughts and offering you clear guidance and renewed direction that confirms that you are at a level of consciousness that's more aligned with your soul than your ego. And when you are disempowered, having negative thoughts, craving things that are self-destructive, that's simply showing that you're operating a level of consciousness that is more aligned with the ego than the soul. And all that means is that the more time you take to love yourself, the more you shift that consciousness so to make peace with your mind. And in the book, one of the ways I talk about it that the mind is like an alarm clock and the more noisy and incessant it seems to be it's simply reminding you of how closed your heart has come so the mind is like an alarm clock that when it gets really noisy and loud is telling you you're either energetically ungrounded or your heart has started to close maybe you're empathing the people around you or you feel unsafe in your body but for whatever reason your heart is starting to shut And your mind gets noisy to remind you of that so what if instead of judging the noisy mind we took that noisy mind as an alarm clock and we said thank you for helping me i'm going to stop and love my heart and the more i love my heart in this moment whether just stopping and taking some deep slow breaths saying i love you to our heart or just putting our hand on our heart for a few minutes by taking that momentary break to bring all of our attention to our emotional needs The mind returns to its natural state of silence and the heart opens back up again. And we see, ah, even a noisy mind is here to help me as long as we're ready to receive the guidance and take appropriate action.
1: Mm, I love that interrelationship with the mind and the heart. Thank you. Yeah, that's really helpful too. Okay, there's a quote. I, ha- I have several quotes that I've I've got in front of me that I've really appreciated in this book. But I want to read one because I'd love to hear you expand on this quote um, before we run out of time. Our journey isn't just a means of becoming a greater expression of source energy, but of returning to the perfection that we knew ourselves to be before this lifetime began. We've been talking about that journey for almost an hour now, but I'd love for you to expand on that. It's not just this greater expression of source, but to return to the perfection. Yes. If
0: we are headed towards perfection, because we only can go towards what is already here right now, meaning there's, there's no ability to say, There's an absence of source, and I'm going to move towards source and find it. That's a linear idea, but it's a third-dimensional concept. The idea is if I'm moving towards something, I'm only moving towards the recognition or the reflection of what's already within me. So when we wake up, it's not that we've moved towards spirit. It's that spirit has reflected to us such a mirrored reflection of what's already within us that we've come to realize who we are. So could we in this moment take the time to imagine spirit, the perfection of source, love is already within me. And if you want a location for that spirit to make it more tangible, what if the living reality of spirit within you is disguised as your breath? If breath is spirit, it is always sustaining, It is never abandoning. It is always with you. You may gasp. You may hold your breath. But the breath always returns, just like spirit is always within you, just like life is always on your side.
1: Beautiful. I'm just feeling that breath as this ocean wave and these tides are coming in and going out. And that is a beautiful metaphor for us to look maybe even a literal explanation because you're brilliant, but the breath is always right here. Oh, I love that, Matt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have about three minutes left here, three to five minutes. And I'm wondering if there's anything that you would really like to Um, speak about to our listeners today that maybe we haven't, we haven't got to yet?
0: I think one of the most important things for me when I wrote this book was not just creating a step-by-step process of what to do on a spiritual journey, but the most important thing that I found with working with so many beings on the journey is actually learning how to be on a spiritual journey meaning you can sit in the presence of someone who can say something rather brilliant and eloquent and transmit the most delicious energy but it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be in a moment of receptivity to really be open to really let it in and to really absorb it and integrate it kind of like someone can feed you a delicious meal but you have to take the time to digest it. So in this book, everything is here to help you. Not only am I outlining the step-by-step way to be on the most miraculous spiritual journey, but I also outline how to be on a spiritual journey so that we can make the most of our adventure and get the most out of every moment in life so that everything can be an ally instead of an enemy.
1: Mm. Mm. And so a flat tire... (laughs) tune in and listen a lost job an opportunity to grow and you talk about everything being this ally everything is a gift you say that over and over in the book everything is a gift beautiful okay Matt I appreciate you so much and (laughs) um, I know you have a new improved website do you want to talk a little bit about that before we close and we can absolutely uh, yeah go ahead share
0: Yeah. In fact, I was just thinking, you know, you talked about the flat tire and I was thinking maybe you only get a flat tire to remember the angel wings behind you. So Uh um, (laughs) you only get a flat tire so you can fly. Um, Mm -hmm. But the new and improved website, I'm I'm very, I'm very proud of this. I just opened up my new website, which is MattCon.org. On there, there's a, a schedule of upcoming events for my group healing tour i'm actually doing the biggest group healing tour of my entire career Um, and it's all also going to be live streamed for the first time so if you go to my website mattcon.org you can sign up for the free newsletter and in the right hand top corner you can also click on live stream and attend all of the events i'm doing all over the country and really join us to absorb all these healing energies and follow along as you know i i I go on this adventure of bringing the vibration of love to life. I call it the love revolution. And it is simply my way of inviting all beings on this planet to come together and to heal humanity in the most heart-centered way.
1: Mm. Gorgeous. Matt Kahn, thank you. I always enjoy these conversations and I love to listen to your inspiration. So thank you again for joining us today.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: You bet. And and thank you, listeners, for listening as well. If And if this conversation's touched you in any way, if the, if the topics moved you, if there's some part of this conversation you feel would really make a difference in somebody's life, because we know it will, I invite you to take just a few minutes and share it with others. And then, of course, if you feel called, sign up for my email list so we can stay connected. I invite you to be a part of this continuing conversation. And my greatest hope is to introduce guests like Matt. Our ideas, like everything, is here to help you that impact how we experience our world and make this an ongoing conversation. So I invite you to participate in that level, co-creating the conversation. So I want to leave you with one last quote from Matt. As pioneers of a new spiritual paradigm, we have entered the atmosphere of this planet to help dissolve every perceivable boundary dividing self from source to allow all inhabitants of earth to remember the heaven that always remains. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. Thank you for tuning in again today. And remember together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole until next time. I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.